0: is brought to you in part by I'm getting into cryptocurrency trading but I want to learn a little more about it so I decided to check out edX and guess what they have a course in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies available through one of the many courses they offer online And the best part is I can choose to audit the class or pursue a verified certificate for it. With edX, you can learn just about anything you want from how to code to learning a foreign language. The breadth of their class selection is honestly mind boggling. If there's anything you have been wanting to pursue to further your career or knowledge base and you want to learn from a reputable source, then you have to check out edX. Right now, you can get a 10% discount for signing up on any purchases you make by going to edX.org forward slash nerds. That's edX.org forward slash nerds. Happy learning. Family, faith, secrets, everything in this world comes full circle. Saving Ruby King by Katherine Adele West is an enthralling story set in the south side of Chicago of a young woman determined to protect her best friend and a deadly secret that threatens to undermine both of their families. Perfect for fans of Britt Bennett Saving Ruby King is available now in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and I bring to you our host, Ryan, who is going to be interviewing two fantastic, amazing, creative, talented Black female actors on this episode our first segment we bring to you tawny Newsom. tawny is in the new cbs all access series star trek lower decks which made its premiere on august 6. so for all of you trekkies out there i think you're gonna love this very first segment so we're very excited to hear what she has to say In our second segment, for all of you 90s heads out there, you're familiar with her singing career, actor Maya Harrison. She is here to talk about her show, Fifth Ward. Fifth Ward is actually in its second season on the Urban Movie Channel. So we are excited to listen to this episode featuring Tawny Newsom and Maya Harrison on this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast, hosted by none other than Ryan. So sit back, relax, and
1: enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I just want to know where all my Trekkies are at, because I need y'all to represent for this episode. Because CBS All Access, if you are a Trekkie and you like animated shows like I do, they have the ticket for you. It is called Star Trek Lower Decks. And I have one of the lead Lower Deckers with me inside Beckett, Beckett Mariner. Let me get it right, because she might come and get me if you've seen the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that laugh in the background is Tani Newsome, who plays her. Tani, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Hey, how are you? Thank you.
1: All right. So we got to get in. Of course, we're going to get into Star Trek Lower Decks. But you're also a musician and a podcaster. Yes, true, true. All true. So I want to start with the musician part. You had you were in a band called Four Lost Souls. Are you still in a band?
2: Yeah, but um, you know, we kind of we're like a project based band when we have a project to work on. We go and record it and then we mm-hmm. tour after it. And then um we all have separate careers too. So it's definitely like a when we're when we're doing it, we're in it. And when we're not, you yeah. know, we're not like actively like rehearsing together all the time.
1: But that's still interesting though. Cause usually you, you find people have to pick sometimes one or the other, if they can't like balance it out like that, like just kind of come together and make some music, then go back to your other projects.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. The two worlds don't really go together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I was, that was going to be my next question. I was going to ask you like about that of, of, you know, still trying to do your music, like you're saying, and, you know, being a part of this animated series, Um, Yeah, you know, you were in Space Force. Yeah,
2: um, it's been a busy year and then everything shut down and it was still a busy year. So it's it's been strange. Um, Yeah, like the two worlds, you know, doing TV stuff and doing music uh, have been I'm not going to say it's been a struggle, but it has been a conscious effort for me to keep them both afloat because. When one is more successful, it just takes your time and your focus and literally like with music takes you on tour and takes you away from auditions and things like that. And so, uh, you know, I've had a little bit more success with TV work and my career as a musician has been really DIY, very indie, like truly indie, like we do everything ourselves. Um, So what ended up happening this year that was a little bit different um, my other bandmate in the four lost souls, uh, is a woman named Bethany Thomas, another black woman. Mm. And she is also an actress. And because of COVID, we had this downtime where we were like, okay, we can't do anything but be in our house is now the time where we finally make our like two black woman fronted, like big rock band, because we've been in all these other bands before, but we've never done anything together where we're the focus. Right. So we did. I was like, well, come on out here. You can come out here and quarantine at my place and we'll just record in my home studio. I taught myself to engineer. I was like up on YouTube every night, like looking at tutorials about microphone setups for drums and stuff. And Yeah. uh, yeah, we did it all. So that was something that only could have happened because of the because of the shutdown, because literally our other careers stopped.
1: Now, do you have um do you can you give us a name? Do you have are you do you guys have like a song out now people that that can check out and everything? Cause I this sounds really cool. And the fact that you taught yourself engineering is not easy.
2: It is not easy. And uh I had a good mixer, um, our friend Packy Lundholm that I sent stuff to that he's like fixing up anything that uh I might have messed up. But um yeah. yeah, so it's just under my name, either Tawny Newsom or her name, Bethany Thomas. We did one song last year um, for this little compilation album for this local label back in Chicago where she lives and where I used to live. Um, And we had a song on that. It was called uh, Too Late to Pray, Defiant Chicago Roots. And our track Mm -hmm. on there is called Dinosaurs. We just did like a one-off for that. And then in the spirit of that track, we were like, well, let's go on ahead and do a whole album. So that'll be out in um, October the the full thing oh
1: nice we'll look out for that i love the title dinosaurs i feel like you can't get any more unique and get people more interested than that kind of title
2: yeah it's like one word it's weird yeah (laughs) but yeah you can find that anywhere (laughs) spotify or wherever
1: all right okay so let's get into tv the tv world here um all right so you started out you had your breakout role in a space force and now we're talking about star trek now i'm seeing like a little space theme here are you trying to are you trying to send us like a message you got like a spaceship ready to go Girl, I wish there was a plan other than just take the jobs that will have me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Hey, sometimes that's the plan, too. Yep. All right. Just take the jobs. I'll take the job. (laughs) All right. So tell us how you became Inside Mariner. Uh yeah, so this was a you know, obviously it's
2: a voiceover job, so it's a little different than on camera. Um uh-huh. sometimes you don't even go into like pre-COVID, a lot of times you wouldn't even go into audition. A lot of times right. you just do it at home and send it. Uh-huh. Um, but this one because Star Trek is so um, you know, they have all kinds of NDAs and uh secret things before they release new star Trek that like they would not send us the sides. They wouldn't send us the script at all. Um, So we had to go in to the point where like, I couldn't even read the script ahead of time. Um, Mm -hmm. But they were like, yo, you can come in like 45 minutes before your audition so that you can like page through the script, get a feel for the character But even in, like, things are so locked down, even the email that they sent to my agents to audition, they had to change the name of the project. They had to change the name of the character. Um, Like, this is common with, like, Marvel movies and, like, Star Trek and stuff, or Star Wars and stuff, too. But um, this was my first time really getting, like, an audition like this. Yeah, well, you're giving
1: us all inside scoop, because I'm sure everybody doesn't always know that. I always wondered, too, how they were keeping the secrets, though. Uh, Yeah, I guess
2: it's. Oh, the other way they keep the secret is that everything they do give you, like even after your cast, has your name hmm. like watermarked all over it. So if that leaks oh, on the internet, wow. they know. Hey, who did? So secretive, so exclusive. Yep. Right? Um, yeah, yes, it was a little bit wild that like I didn't fully know who I was auditioning for because I couldn't read the script and the names were all different. And so when Mm -hmm. I went in there, I didn't have a lot of time. I was just kind of flipping through the script fast. And, you know, the name Mariner, like you see Ensign Beckett Mariner, that doesn't tell me a gender associated with that name. And none of the characters I could really tell. You know, so I just was a little confused, but I was like, okay, well, this is a person who's in Starfleet. They love Starfleet. They're a little reckless. They're very sarcastic, and the and the script I read so far was funny. So really, I just kind of went with that, thinking mm. I was like a, a a real like far to the side sidekick character. I was like, this girl's just gonna show up and just be loud and then like leave or whatever. Um, and truly. Truly, Ryan. It was not until the table read. Like, I get the job. I've oh, met wow. the creator. Not until the yeah. table read did I know that I was one of the leads. It was oh, such wow. a shocking moment. Yeah, because
1: when she comes on the scene, that's what you think. Um, yeah, because, and you know, and be and to be honest, a person of color, black women trying to do, you know, they're they're start, they're slowly moving around in all aspects, whether it's on camera, voice acting. Um, where it's actually those voice actors doing those characters. But you start thinking that you're like, okay, they're, okay, they're going to give her like two lines and she's done. Or they're going to give her like a little bit of the show, but you are, you are in it and like holding no punches either, which is like, is great.
2: It's really great. I mean, our creator and showrunner, Mike McMahon is just like, I mean, he's become one of my dear friends. We text all the time. He's legitimately like so supportive of, talent and of our own personalities like he wants to write to how we sound and what's natural for us so he's like I, i've never felt so much like freedom and trust with the job because he writes a good uh-huh. script but then he just fully trusts his actors to make it better or make suggestions or improvise so it's yeah that's why it like i, I feel like that's why the show is successful is because of that
1: yeah, and it's crazy right now to hear your voice, by the way. See, this is the crazy thing about animation and voice acting, um, because I can still hear you in um, in Beckett's, like, v- you know, like, character that's coming out right now. Yeah. Um, coming fresh out of watching, like, the first—I think the first three episodes right now are on CBS All Access, right?
2: Um, At the time of recording, the first two are out, yeah. First two,
1: Okay. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy because her personality is just like, I love the way it's just, it's just bubbly and it's out there. And she's also very assertive. Like she's going to get the job done how she sees it to be done. Yeah. Yeah. She's which definitely I think very is a, Which I think is confident. a very interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, um, was that something, was that part of Tani coming out a little bit? Was that something that was just brought out with you getting to know the character more when you finally actually got revealed who you were playing and what it was all about?
2: I mean, I wish I could take credit for that. I mean, anything about her kind of backstory and, like, why she's so confident, how she's been... Uh Uh, you know raised in a spoiler she's been kind of raised in a starfleet family and she um yeah
1: i didn't know how spoiler that was yeah i was gonna say that too because i thought that was really super interesting too and that you know and i was like is that spoilery for people but you know hey let's. i we'll feel go like it's it. at least a week <laughs> since that episode people have yeah, had time that's to I felt up. Too. i'm like yeah i'm like come on people just watch it we have to worry about it just watch at least the first episode
2: I guess unless you're an international listener, which I'm sorry. I don't know why it hasn't been figured out. I don't know why you guys don't have it yet. I'm just an actor. Stop <laughs> tweeting inter- me. I don't get it. If you're
1: international, know, we, we'll, we'll just give you that little part. That's it. We'll
2: okay. It. Yeah. I won't say anything more, <laughs> but yeah. Um. So like the, the idea that she'd been around a lot and seen a lot of stuff and kind of absorbed uh kind of these street smarts from being in this family and from, you know, being on, serving on different ships and getting demoted, that's mm-hmm. what gives her her confidence because, She is right most of the time, but it's not from necessarily like book smart, like studying, which is a makes her a good counterpoint to um, Boimler played by Jack Quaid. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that's kind of the that that's all that's all Mike and the writers. And then I just try to make her sound, you know, fun and funny.
1: So is her sole purpose is to get on Boimler's nerves? Like, is that her sole goal <laughs> is to be like present to get? Because that that to me is like the funniest chemistry, like think about the show. <laughs> it's just to figure out how she's going to get on his nerves that day or what she's going <laughs> to try to make him do that she could tell he really doesn't want to do that day.
2: I feel like her sole purpose is to take the good elements of Starfleet, which are like helping people, bringing yeah. you know awareness yeah. to like different creatures and races that need help, but not dealing with any of the Starfleet BS. Like I'm not dealing with the rank. I'm not dealing with the bureaucracy. I'm not signing the right yeah. forms to check out this shovel to give to these farm. I'm just going to go give them the shovel. Um, it's very like mutual aid kind of, you know, anarchist type yeah. uh, philanthropy. But um, so with Boimler that just, it does get on his nerves because that's the antithesis of what he thinks is, is right. He's all about the paperwork. Yeah. He's all about, you know, doing things correctly. He's the red tape man and she's just a giant pair of scissors.
1: Yeah, because technically the fleet that you guys are part of is considered the least important. But I feel like inside Mariner has some of the ideas about this, some thoughts about this. Where yeah, she just think, like, mm.
2: I think you're right. I think she'd probably agree that the ship is the least important, but she's not the least important.
1: Right, right. Which I think that is so cool. So, all right. So, how about trying to get into this role? And you guys are fighting like some insanely like weird space monsters. Like out the gate, it's like stuff flying all over the place. And is this this not like your inner start, your inner Trekkie coming out where you're having fun doing playing these different kind of scenarios?
2: You know, what's funny is that probably my least favorite part of the recording is what we call efforts, which we do at the end. So we do the whole script. And then at the end, it's like, okay, you're being chased by something and you need to yell when you jump or you're going to jump off something. And when you land, we need like an oof sound. So the whole end, after you do all these fun and funny lines, is just me like shouting and grunting or laughing or breathing. and I hate it. It's so much work. It's so hard.
1: (laughs) You like, can I? And people listening to this are like, what, you just have to grunt or you just have to laugh. But this is, I'm sure it's the number of times you have to do it. You know, a certain type of laugh or something. Yeah. yeah. You feel
2: insane because you're just alone in a room with six or eight eight or 10 people behind glass just being like, okay, now you're going to cough, but make sure you cough. Like you're kind of trying to hold in a laugh. And so you're just doing, making noises over and over. And then they'll be like, okay, good. Moving on. It's very surreal.
1: Now I have to tell you my, um, cause I want to get your favorite scene as well. Or some, you know, uh, kind of, I guess, cause we don't want to spoil it for everybody. But for me, the holodeck scene, um, when you were introducing a new inside was my favorite scene so far. Oh yeah. So from the first
2: episode, yeah, I like that scene too. That's when I'm taking Tendi around, you know, they did a smart thing where we're kind of like showing off the entire ship to Ensign Tendi, but also to the audience. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, the holodeck part is, is pretty cute. And like, even from back in the day, I I've always been a Trek fan and I love anything that takes place on the holodeck. It's just such a fun escape. It's just like such a little vacation from the usual day-to-day ship stuff. Um, Another favorite scene from that first episode for me is probably, I guess I really like um, when, no spoilers, but when Mariner and Boimler are in the little dune buggy, the little Argo thing um, on the planet coming back and they kind of have to make a decision about their friendship a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you guys will enjoy that. That's a good one, yeah. Yep, I like see that's why that's where my my revelation of Boimler of her aggravating Boimler, but it's it is them working together too. But he's just yeah. so like, like you said, the exact opposite of her, which makes it so interesting.
2: Don't you have friends like that where you drive them nuts? It's not you're not trying to, but you're just yeah, so different just from like, them.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's just like your personality is just so different. But to them, it probably seems like the work, you know, like something they're just always having to juggle, but it's just your personalities are so different. Right. Um, all right. So let's take a little turn here because I mentioned you do podcasts as well, um, which I always think, like, which I think is so cool when you have somebody that's doing voice acting that decides to go into podcasting. Was that just like a natural thing for you to get into? Or was that kind of like, um, was that some, um, I don't know if that was just like a, you, you know, downtime and you kind of want to take, like, you know, trying to fill up your time and figure out what you can do next?
2: Yeah, I mean, I podcasting was definitely before any significant voice acting. I was doing a lot of, like, improvised um, characters and stuff on shows like Comedy Bang Bang, um, mm-hmm. lots of, like, big comedy pods where I was just show up, do a funny character. Um, yeah, I was definitely doing a lot of that. I went through, like, a year or maybe a year and a half where I said yes to every podcast. If anyone asked me to do a podcast, I said yes because – I wasn't, you know, I was acting a little bit. This was before I did the show Brockmire. So I think I just had Uh like a couple different guest spots here and there. And like, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't acting full time. So um, I was just agreeing to absolutely anything. Cause I was like, well, I like these people. I'm meeting fun people. It's a way for me to improvise and be funny and perform, even if it's not, you know, a paying job. Um, So i I was grateful that I had the time and energy to do that because I think it gave me a lot of like confidence on mic. It taught me, you know, I was a musician already. So I had like mic technique and understood yeah. a lot about, we were talking about like the recording of it. So understanding the, you know, the actual function of recording definitely helped me with podcasting. But um, mm. yeah, I think it just gave me a, a comfort level and like a confidence.
1: Um, and one of them, w- the the title just caught me right away where I'm just like, I need to go listen to this. Um, Yo, is this racist? I was like, this fits this time period exactly. That yeah, podcast. Um, and I was like, where, <laughs> how did that come about? Um, so that my friend
2: Andrew T had been running that show for years. So he had a Tumblr by the same name um, that I think to this day is still like one of the most popular Tumblers. ever ever. He like never brags Uh about this, but I'm like, dude, I think you like created the most popular Tumblr. Um, But it was basically just, uh, you know, he was working at like a big media corporation and a lot of white people that worked with him. He's a Chinese guy. He would have people like not understand whether things they said were racist or insensitive. And so they'd ask him, And his joke was like, yo, if I'm like the brownest person, you know, if I'm like the blackest person, you know, you need some, you need some other friends here. So he started, he started the podcast too, where like people can call in, they leave voicemails, they ask about, you know, whether something they've done is racist or just sometimes people just want to call in and like vent about a funny or frustrating situation. Um, So I joined the show a little, like maybe like two years ago because he was tired he was like i just i can't do this by myself um but yeah but right, it's primarily right. a comedy show you know we're not trying to be like professors of race yep. we're literally mm-hmm. just providing like a, a little bit of like inel- intellectual but also entertainment like escape for people
1: right whatever gets the conversation going
2: yeah exactly
1: all right, so I should have asked. I feel like I should have asked this before we went into podcasting. So you can plead the you can plead the fifth on this one as well. I won't put you in this box. But are you Star Trek or Star Wars okay. or both?
2: Oh, I will say. I mean, I have a diplomatic answer, which is I know way more about Star Trek. I have been more invested in it for my whole life. It's the it's mm. the franchise that I can tell you the most about uh, out of anything. But I have also yeah. seen. I've seen everything that the Star Wars people have made. I just couldn't really like tell you, about. like I kind of watch them passively, you know, like I watched the Mandalorian. I loved it. I can't really yeah. tell you where that fits in the timeline. Like, I don't know when that was. Oh,
1: same here. <laughs> yep. I was just you here know? for baby Yoda.
2: I just want to keep watching for baby Yoda. Exactly. I was here for Pedro. I was here for baby Yoda. <laughs> I, I thought it looked beautiful. So yeah, I'm, It's very diplomatic because I'm just like, I have no hate in my heart for Star Wars. I just like don't think about it as much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Same here. I was glad I was not the only one because I had the same problem. I haven't actually made it. You actually made it further than me. I haven't made it through all the Star Wars movies. But I've 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 tried and I get very confused. I get I get like I don't sometimes I get confused on where I should start because you sometimes you hear different things from different Star Wars fans.
2: Yeah, some people are real mad about a couple of them. But, like, I watched those. I think, the like, we're talking about the prequels. I think people don't like as much. And I'm saying this almost as, like, an outsider fan where, like, I watched them and I was fine with it. But I also watched them when I was, like, young, whenever they came out. I feel like I was in high school or something.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just so, but, yeah, I feel the exact same way. I made it through all the Star Trek and I was like, okay, I know what this is. I know where that is. Yeah, you know, everything had a, like a has like a seamless timeline. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day, one day, me and Star Wars. Yeah,
2: mean mean another pandemic, you can sit down and <laughs> have
1: plenty of time. <laughs> I mean, you know, when we face cover and get through this one, you know, hopefully, hopefully not. But I do need some downtime somewhere. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so dream. Let's talk dream projects. Like either it could be animated. Um, you're, you're, like, making your way around TV, though, which is, like, is so dope. But it's, like, do you have anything else that you, like, just in your mind, like, kind of dreaming while we're sitting around in social distance land, kind of thinking about everything now these days? I do have a dream project. I probably shouldn't say exactly
2: what it is because okay. I'm, like, actively oh, trying to get stay this. Tuned, everybody. But I'll give you – I'll just say that it has to do with a certain superhero and I – and Ooh. it's going to be – Uh, yeah, and I think, I think they're doing, like, a slightly comedic take on it, and, like, because normally, kind of with Star Trek, like, I never would have thought I would get to be a part of Star Trek, because, you know, the actors that have traditionally been Mm -hmm. cast in the series are, like, these incredible Shakespearean heightened language, like, serious drama people, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I've always been a comedian, I kind of always thought, like, oh, this franchise that I love so much is not really an option for me, um, And sort of similarly with uh, some of the um, superhero type stuff, I I think I've always previously thought like, oh, well, that's going to be like a very dramatic and, you know, (laughs) tough looking skinny white woman. But I think they're starting to open up the definition of who gets to play in that world. So, yeah, I'll just say I'll say she's a superhero. And that's my that's what I have my fingers crossed for.
1: All right, so we're gonna stay tuned for that one. But since you since we're in this depth and it says Black Girl Nerds, you know I have to go next with like your favorite comic or your favorite superhero before we wrap it up. Oh right, um, I never grew up
2: wat- li- reading comics, I, so I wasn't a super big superhero fan. So I always leaned to like Usagi, like I always go to Sailor Moon. I know it's a little okay, different from what okay. you're asking, but. That was That's who fine. I kind of it's it's thought nerd, of as like a – a
1: nerd a, dementia for that. <laughs> yeah,
2: right? Because I also wasn't like a huge anime fan. So I, it's almost like I was treating Sailor Moon like they were superheroes to me. They yeah. were sort of my little like that was my Wonder Woman or something. Um, to the point where I used to use the sequence, the opening – or the sequence of her changing in Sailor Moon. Um, I tried to use it in like this little music video that I'd made a bunch of years ago. You know, I probably did it illegally. I probably should not have (laughs) been able to use part of it. But I had, like, my designer, like, cut it up. I was like, I really just want to see, like, her pigtails swirling and, like, her transforming.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, everybody has a little nerd moment where sometimes, you know, you just want to take a little piece and we'll put it back later.
2: Just a tiny piece. Look, I didn't make any money off of it. (laughs) YouTube didn't pull it down, so they must not have been able to recognize what we Yeah, see what that's your sign right there.
1: <laughs> YouTube will yank that thing down quick if they exactly. Need you. So yeah, that's your sign. That's your sign right there. All right. So <laughs> as we wrap, as we wrap here, can you give me like two words to describe where we're we gonna where we're we gonna see Beckett as she continues through this journey here? Ooh. And, um, okay. As, as a lower decker.
2: Okay. Um. Ooh. Where? Okay. Two words. Or
1: you can give us a sentence. I feel like I did too much with two words. If you want to do a sentence, <laughs> this one.
2: okay um we're gonna see her uh battle with
1: self uh help in a way Ooh. okay all right yeah that that makes me that makes me scared and excited for her because i just know her character yeah, because
2: like as some people have pointed out online, uh, mostly people are enthusiastic about this, but like she's a lot like Mariner is a lot. So,
1: yeah,
2: ju- yeah, trust me that the people it's a around good a lot. her it's good
1: a lot, I feel. <laughs> yeah, Because you have to be I mean, you know, you can't be too down on her because she's speaking her mind. I'm just saying. Right.
2: I mean, I'm not down on her because she's just basically me in every way. But it is funny to see people be like, woof, she is exhausting. Um. So just know that that's going to come up. <laughs> And she is going to be forced to um, deal with herself a little bit.
1: Ooh. Okay. I like that tease. I yeah. like that. I like that. Well, Tani, thank you for hanging out with me. Absolutely. I just, thank I mean, you. I'm so excited to get to talk to the other side of uh, Beckett here. Yeah. This is
2: this is her. <laughs>
1: this, I am her. She is me. <laughs> yep. So, guys, remember um, CBS All Access. Check it out. Star Trek Lower Decks um also just go go to tani like her instagram she has like all kind of like a million podcast songs she's always working on um you want to throw any handles out there tani um Maybe. yeah
2: i'm at trondy newman um on all the things you can find me there and uh tani com is probably where i'll put the album so keep an eye out for that if you want some music
1: yep all right, guys. Well, that does it for us. Live long and prosper. I had to throw that in there. And you guys say bye.
2: Thank you.
0: The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. So I decided to check out Hum Nutrition Supplement Packs. I am trying to get a little bit better with my health and do more self-care both inside and out. So let me explain exactly what they are. They're vitamins and supplements for beauty goals that are backed by clinical results designed to help you looking and feeling your very best. And they get shipped out to you each month. The Hum Nutrition's monthly vitamin subscription provides affordable, flexible, convenient, and customizable results that are committed to what you want for your body. And doesn't what go inside of your body matter? So what you do is you sign up to their website, to humnutrition.com forward slash get underscore started and then from there you can choose different hero products gut instinct here comes the sun air patrol uber energy private party probiotic and each of these different types of products helps with certain things so gut instincts helps with skin and overall body health. Here comes the sun, obviously has vitamin D in it, so that helps you with that area of your body, with your immune system and with your skin. Air Patrol helps with vitamin C and it helps with your skin, your lungs, your immune system, Uber Energy. That helps with giving you more natural energy throughout the day. And Private Party Probiotic helps promote healthy vaginal health like yeast balance and urinary tract health. So each of these products are designed for specific key points that you want to focus on with your body. And you just go online, provide personal product recommendations from a registered dietitian based on your concerns via a quick three minute evaluation. And the registered dietitian is also available to answer questions and for ongoing support via your free account. So you go to humnutrition.com forward slash get underscore started. Again, that's hum, h-u-m, nutrition.com forward slash get underscore started. Now, here is what you get with Black Girl Nerds. If you use the code nerds, you get 15% off of your order of $29 or more. Use the code NERDS. Take their quiz, get individualized product recommendations from their team of registered dietitians to help bring your skin, body, hormones, and mood into balance with Hum Nutrition, and get 15% off of your first order using that code NERDS. So go ahead, check it out, and you know, get your body right, get your skin right, get your hair right, get your mood right with Hum Nutrition.
1: Welcome to the Black Gunners Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and you guys will not believe who I have with me today. But before I introduce the guest, I want to tell you guys a little trick for getting through this COVID-19 the pandemic that we're in right now and all the other stuff we're dealing with right now. Music. Music has been my trick. So I created a COVID-19 playlist. So let me run you through this real quick. When you have ladies night, basically like the virtual edition now, you wanna have a little bit of it's all about me, or lady marmalade, or what about case of the X? That was a good one. Or what about when I just wanna chill and rock with the beat, a little ghetto superstar or take me there. Are you recognizing the pattern? You might be. Well, my guest today is Maya Harrison singer dancer songwriter producer actress and speaking of actress, she should have talked to us about the fifth war now in the second season on you or on umu let me get that right and um it is a streaming service for black tv and film and wow did i just say umu i meant umc wow and uh Maya, welcome to the show thanks for talking with me today thank
3: you so much for having me how are you doing
1: I'm doing good. How you doing?
3: I cannot complain.
1: <laughs> How are you dealing with all the uh, the social distances of it
3: all? Okay, you know I'm not used to being stationary for so long,
1: so yeah, I've true. had to yeah. keep
3: I've had to keep myself very busy. <laughs> you know that's
1: always good to kind of keep your mind off everything.
3: Yes, it keeps me feeling well, not guilty. You know, because I've never allowed myself to sit down and I'm uh, Mm -hmm. addicted to work in a way. But, you know, I've been very productive during this time. And one thing that has been really good is I've been able to see family and friends that I grew up with and, you know, gone to school with just Mm -hmm. a few, not everybody, but just a few. And we practice social distancing. Mm
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Anytime you can kind of like any is virtual or just any kind of like just you know any kind of human connection while we're all separated is always nice to help everybody through it
3: yes indeed
1: okay so i want to ask you before we get into the the show because this show is by the way we'll have you on your edge of your seat if you have not checked this out (laughs) um but i want to ask you because one of my favorite songs from you is take me there and so i want to ask if you have a favorite memory from shooting that video if you remember anything cool, quirky, something that was challenging for you for shooting that video. And also I have to ask you your favorite Rugrat, cause I mean, you just gotta ask that question.
3: <laughs> Angelica is my favorite Rugrat, why? Cause she's a girl, and a little bossy. <laughs> and you know, I grew up with brothers, but yes, I do remember uh, performing, well, recording the video, filming the video, and the fun part about that was everybody felt like a big kid, including myself, because everything was oversized, the cribs, the blocks, the xylophone. Yeah, so, I mean, I was 18 (laughs) when I did that, but I did the song in the video with Mace and Black Street, Blinky Blink, Teddy Riley was in the video, (laughs) you know, so we're all pretty grown, we're all yes, pretty grown man, all the way grown everybody's all the way grown now but big kids you know
1: so it's fun <laughs> but yeah that looked like a lot of fun I had to give y'all a little throwback because I know y'all was thinking it when I mentioned that in my playlist I know everybody was thinking out that
3: <laughs> that's funny
1: <laughs> um okay all right let's get into it biggest challenge for you starting your acting career because we all know you have some beautiful pipes and we're we're listening for the albums and everything but what about the acting when did that how did that go uh come about for you
3: well, I started my first acting gig professionally in film in 1998 with the movie Into Deep, which uh, starred Omar Epps, who was an established
1: actor. Yes, it did. How can I forget that? Oh, I got it. Yes. yes.
3: But, you know, I took my time uh, to get acclimated mm-hmm. because it was just more of a cameo with a few lines. So there was not too much pressure, but I think the nerves was something that I had to get over when working with these big names. And then obviously established Mm -hmm. actors as a newcomer into a craft, you know, that they respect. So you have to have respect for it as well. And, you know, here comes the singer, whatever. So it was just more (laughs) so the nerves, but also knowing that, hey, it's time to do your homework and take some classes, take some private lessons, but also get in group sessions as well, which was intimidating because everybody has eyes on you because you're known, you know, in public Mm -hmm. as a singer and you're all over the TV, but you really have to put your pride aside to be able to grow in anything new, new territory. So that was a little bit of a challenge, but I did it anyways. And so more films came from that. And, uh, you know, I haven't actually engulfed myself in acting because I've been very dedicated to music and the independent journey uh-huh. musically. So more on the way and Fifth Ward is out right now, but it's fun. Yes.
1: And speaking of Fifth Ward, have y'all seen season one? Whoo! Like the the first episode, I, I was a little bit taken aback. Like I had to pause it, Maya, and come back. Really? Because I was like, I wasn't expecting, you know, everything that went down in there. But okay, let's back up for a little bit. How (laughs) did you get involved? And what, what was it about Mina? Because Mina to me feels like she makes me nervous. I'm really nervous when she gets in a lot of situations because the lack of control that always seems she has of Mm -hmm. what happens to her. And you know, especially in the time period now, that's crazy. So tell me about that. How about playing that character?
3: okay well I got involved you know basically the typical business that happens my agent contacts me sends me the script asks me if I'm interested and I read the script and I was just taken aback because it was a straight read through I didn't stop it was a one sitting me finishing what? the script from top to bottom oh because it was so juicy yeah. mm-hmm. and it was so dramatic with all the different components and characters and stuff that they were going through and it felt like yeah. real life. It felt like yeah. real life. Yeah,
1: it really does,
3: yeah. Yeah, something that I would actually tune into and in so many different arcs of the story. So it just so happened my schedule was open and they worked well around my schedule as far as like touring and stuff. And flexibility really, really benefited me during this time. So I signed up to do it. Plus I have ties in Fifth Ward because uh, when I went independent in 2007, I started mm. recording down there a whole project called Beauty in the Streets. um, And I partnered up with Jay Prince, who's from that area. You know, so I, (laughs) and I had a lot of Houston features on that project. So, you know, it was like a second home for me for a while. And it's like extended business family out there. So I was familiar with the Fifth Ward and I just felt like it was right for me to do. Mina, however, when you asked me that question about her situations and how she's always getting caught up yeah, I can understand the nervous energy because she's very vulnerable. Why she's Mm -hmm. very vulnerable. I mean, she loves hard, she loves easy, but she also has three boys to take care of. And she got caught up in just being present at a crime of her, her now ex-boyfriend who got locked up. So she has a case and now, you know, her, her sons are at risk because their father's not in their life anymore. And you know, she has a record. Social services are now involved with one of her children, and she's just doing it all by herself financially, and a lot of mothers out there can relate, so I felt like the story needed to be shared, and I was down to be a part of the cause.
1: Yeah, and she, and like you said, especially um, if you think about the women, especially in today's society, when you talk yeah. about Brianna Taylor, yep. um, you know, which we stay waiting on Justice for That, that's another podcast. Yeah. but um you know and then just women in general and for me to me um some of the the superheroes I have in my life are my mom are my aunts the black women mm-hmm. that you're surrounded by that don't always get the shine so to see you play this role was amazing um and to see her resilience you yeah. know despite all of this stuff because you're thinking okay she's not gonna something's gonna happen and she's gonna be like okay I can't take it anymore I can't do it anymore
3: yeah always finds a
1: way yeah yes yeah. And,
3: and that's what being in the hood is like you have to find a way or make a way and a lot of magic comes out of places like this that are either less advantage or there's very little opportunity or there's trouble around the corner sometimes designed intentionally to keep us down um mm-hmm. but there's always a trap and that's why they call it a trap because it's easy to fall victim to You know, doing something to take care of your family because it it needs immediate action. And when your heart takes over, you know, the priority of taking care of others, sometimes we find ourselves in situations that could lead to long-term setbacks. And she's down to to put herself in the line of fire for her sons because she is all she got. And it's not about her anymore. (laughs) So... Mm -hmm it was a really interesting character to play because i'm not a mother yet but i do have god children and i do have nieces and nephews and i'm the oldest mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. family that you know basically stepped up to take care of my younger brother so i channel being that girl and that woman um all the time and also you know being an independent artist is a struggle is yeah. a constant grind you got to pull from faith you know when when oh yeah the a, I, I was about to get to
1: the independence <laughs> all, yeah because when I saw yeah. that I was like what when I got on the Instagram so but let me ask you hold on because I'll get I'll get sidetracked because okay. I love that we'll talk to you about music all day um because I want to ask you about um because we're going into season two we got yes. Mina and Blue have a baby on the way oh yes Blue I feel like is really hiding some stuff from Mina that she doesn't know that's just mm-hmm. me being a fan watching so you know it could be told y'all judge and watch it and judge it for yourself and I'm thinking, I mean, okay,
3: this can be lead to a bumpy road in season two. True. I can't say too much. But, I mean, yeah. he, he is that type of character that has that type of energy. And, you know, he has street expertise and experience that anything could be up his sleeve. He's managed a strip club for a long time. And there's a lot of shady business and stuff that happens there. Plus, ego. So, you mm-hmm. never really know. Plus, business deals on the side that you never really know uh, could bring. Uh, consequences of who knows so that's why it's so juicy and intriguing <laughs> <laughs> because there's always yeah. something <laughs> it's
1: like, right and how do you guys like talk about working with some of the cast like you guys got omar gooding joining um, oh yeah uh reginald dorsey anthony Payne, like all these people coming in from season and you guys have, and it has to be i'm thinking it has to be such a tight connection because of the chemistry you on camera and because of the situation that you guys have to deal with
3: I mean, we went in guerrilla style to make it happen in such little time because everybody has Uh their own individual schedules as well. But everybody, you know, they... They perfected their craft. They know what they're doing. They, this is not new to them. So you show up, you work it out. Sometimes there's improvisation involved, but yeah. they're definitely masters at what they do. They're pros, and you can learn from that just by jumping in head first. I witnessed uh, a lot of them just working and going through the script, but also making all of the lines their own and just taking the scenario of the scene. Yeah and doing what they would normally do as that character. And so sometimes there's an actual rewrite (laughs) and no continuity because they're freestyling, which is when you get the magic. So it's always really nice to be a fly on the wall as well. And then obviously a participant, because you gotta be ready and you gotta be in the scene. You can't just be memorizing lines. That's one thing that I did learn about Fifth Ward. You know, It's about the scenario, it's not about the lines.
1: Now that's interesting because I was going to ask that because a lot of stuff they say you feel like, like we were talking about comes very natural. And so I'm like, yeah. was somebody just in this good or were they at living?
3: Well, Greg is from the Fifth Ward, you know, so it's not some foreign guy that's behind a corporate desk, you know, with Mm, no knowledge of the area. He's really lived it. Greg Carter is the director, he's the writer. And so this is personal for him. And you could feel that. Mm. That's why when Mm -hmm. I read it, it was so good. And it felt so real to me that I just, I wanted to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to before we go into the music, because I gotta cut it off here. See, I don't even watch I watched like a little bit of the first episode of the second season just because I wanted to keep myself from trying to spoil things. Mm-hmm. So I'll just end with um give us like give us a few words. Or you can make it a sentence because sometimes when people ask this question, I feel like I'm backing you into a corner to describe Mina going into season two. Like what can we expect from her character?
3: Well, you can expect uh a pregnant, <laughs> a oh, pregnant woman. You know who is also still trying to navigate her way mm-hmm. and look out for her oldest boy, you know, who's Ooh, also yeah, getting, Ray Ray. yeah, who's getting caught up in a lot of things, but, you know, thinking about the newborn on the way and the dynamics between blue and her mm-hmm. ex who was now mm-hmm. back home hey, and yeah, out of jail,
1: popped up at the end of that season. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, so there's always love for someone that you've had a relationship. And then when they pop up unexpectedly in your life, you start thinking and the wheels start turning. And then obviously the man who loves you is there and fully supporting you, but Hey, he, might, he got some demons too. So there's all of right. that. He
1: walked away, he <laughs>
3: walked away, but he was at the end of the season. What? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's all of the drama. It's all of the dynamics. It's just real, real life. And you have to sit with yourself and make decisions that then become about you as the priority because you've been living for everybody else for so long. And of course your sons rightfully so, but Mina needs to start taking care of herself. That's, that's my take, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, and really starting to
3: put herself first because it affects everybody when she does not.
1: Yeah. Well, y'all look out for that UMC. Y'all need to check it out, okay? Season 1. Um, I believe I just uh season 1 was totally free for me on on Apple TV, so.
3: You know. Yay. Uh, and you got that a 7-day free
1: subscription yeah. on UMC, so there you go. Check it. I'm telling you guys, you you missing out on the drama. If you need something to get you caught up where well, you just going from work and home and working home home, little nice mm-hmm. little break there. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about let's talk about Boss Mode right here on this independent record label. Planet okay. Nine. What yeah. is that like in COVID-19 world? And actually just being a boss, period, and having your own independent label.
3: Well, I mean, I've had an independent label since the end of 2007, and I've put out nine independent projects since then. I'm working on the 10th and 11th next, and uh, it's been really, really fruitful. It's a grind like no other grind because it's all on you. And um, you wear many hats, step into many different shoes, Mm -hmm. but you also learn a lot of skill sets and your art turns out the way you want it to be. But then you're learning a lot of things along the way. There are definitely missteps in business, but also in in hiring people and firing people. (laughs) You know, it it pulls at your (laughs) it pulls at your heartstrings. But I really like it because it it allows so much freedom to release things whenever you want to create and put it out in the universe. So I've been very consistent as an independent artist. Uh, The challenge has always been to get it out to the world and support it properly because obviously that takes a lot of funding to roll out um, projects or songs and it costs a lot of money to put it on radio. So I haven't even focused on radio on my independent journey, but it's just been so rewarding because I have definitely been able to travel the world more and hustle and Mm -hmm. just give the fans consistent projects you know
1: yeah yeah and that's cool and I feel like it has to be pretty dope to be your own boss you have to check in with anybody like hey yeah do I can I really do this album cover it's like you only checking in with yourself
3: That's true there's not a lot of opinions it really falls on you (laughs) unless you invite it you know i I share stuff with my girlfriends and people that really really know me and they'll tell me like no i'm not really feeling that Uh," you know or (laughs) i love this what about this what about this And sometimes my friends will come in the studio with me and we'll just be talking and we'll write you know so it, it can work in so many different ways and it's been beautiful because of that I've also been able to employ fans and give internships out. So, it's been really different but amazing too. Testing one two.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I love to have the boss mode. You can talk and give you like a little uh oh You still got me? Mhm. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure I was like let me let me pause just in case we got to restart. Okay. All right, there's so a little delay and overlap. Let's talk happening. about space and time. Okay. Uh Oh, wait a minute. Check, check. One, two, one, two, one, two. All right. We'll just pick up. How am I sounding now? Still the layers are good.
3: You're good now. Okay. And
1: All right. So we will pause and pick up here. Okay. All right. So, space and time. Mm -hmm. This, I want to talk about this, some of the, not fairly, this is not your newest, newest, but the video is still pretty, some of your earlier work, right? Correct me if I'm wrong.
3: No, I actually shot the music video during uh, the pandemic and the lockdown in my yard.
1: (laughs) What?
3: At home. Wow. Mm
1: -hmm. I was getting ready to say it it has this very relaxed calming feel to it but i did not know you shot it at home
3: yeah i was like look let's put something good in the universe if we can't get out to a recording studio or Mm -hmm. you know a film studio we can shoot it in my backyard that's the vibe anyways i was walking my dog one day and the cherry blossoms (laughs) were out and i saw the cherry blossoms fall from the tree like confetti i'm like oh my gosh this is so beautiful i've never seen this before in all of my years at my house uh, so I started with the idea of a photo shoot, which I did a couple days later. Then I scheduled the video shoot to try to capture oh, wow. that specific tree mm-hmm. in the confetti by nature. Yeah. Um, but we missed it by like a couple days and then the tree was bare after that. So <laughs> it's so funny. Um, that's what inspired it. Just me walking my dog and I felt like I wanted to release this song though I recorded it in 2018, it just felt right to release now because of some of the things that I was hearing from friends and family, but also fans online. They said they weren't feeling right. They were feeling depressed and anxious or fearful. And, you know, um, this is the time that we've been fighting for in the midst of the hustle Mm -hmm. and the nonstop grind. So trying to make use of that time and look at this space and opportunity as a positive thing. And that's why yeah. I released the song, for those reasons.
1: Man, that's, that's probably like the coolest story I ever heard about shooting a video. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a more like, like you're like, okay, so the director told me about this, and then we did this. That was just like, I'm just walking out one day and it's calm, you know, and I love nature, enjoying nature, that's pretty cool. I like that backstory.
3: Yeah, I began to actually see that there was magic where i live you know because i've never really experienced witnessing the changing of seasons and like how different the trees look at certain mm-hmm. times of the yeah, year and got, different animals like that come out. right Like, yeah. like yeah. yeah and i'm like oh my gosh my front yard is so dope oh look at this little <laughs> fox and this groundhog <laughs> that come out the ground at this time of year i mean it was magical and so i felt like a little girl again. But I'd never actually seen that in all the years that I've been here in my very own backyard, kind of like the Wiz or the Wizard of Oz. You know, we go searching for <laughs> yeah. cer- certain things, but it's always right under our nose. And I just yep. never had the time. So,
1: see, look, you have this positive <laughs> energy for your stay at home. Like everybody is lying playing <laughs> right? complaining. Look at Maya. She's over here shooting videos, taking in the nature.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. sorry. I, I found okay. my piece.
1: Oh, there you go. See, look, find your piece. There you go words of wisdom from Maya, there you go, find your peace. To wrap us up, I gotta mention this because a lot of people are doing this while they're staying at home. You are getting ready to cook a three course vegan meal on Zoom?
3: Well, I conducted my first session, my cooking session Mm -hmm. Uh, this month, I believe it was was August 1st, but we're doing another one because it was sold out and people want to do it again. And people want to try to go vegan and see what that's all about. And I throw down in the kitchen. It's something that I've always loved to do. I've been cooking since I was like 10, but obviously not vegan. And so I like to make food Uh, Flavorful and enjoyable, enjoyable for people and I like to share it with my friends and family. And so we're taking it to zoom, because I also conduct these monthly challenges as well. Um, online where Mm -hmm. people can participate for a three-day reset and i give the options of vegan raw vegan or alkaline vegan even juicing to propel us all into a new space including myself so i challenge myself and i'll do like a raw vegan challenge because Mm -hmm. i know i've been slacking and you know eating all the vegan junk food and carbs and whatnot because i need to do it and it, it actually really helps me too so Um, I start eating a lot healthier after that because my body craves it. And so this is Mm -hmm. just basically an accompaniment to the challenges because people want me to show them how I prepare my meals so they can take the challenge. And so when they ask for it, I try to give it and now I got time. (laughs) And I got my kitchen. (laughs)
1: nice well that's cool that's pretty cool i mean i do not i burn pretty well so i'm i need to get into the cooking range so that's why it kind
3: of caught my eye so that's cool yeah it's pretty fun i love cooking
1: <laughs> well see my mama want me to get into that so we i won't share this last part of the interview with her <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny
1: well maya thank you so much thank this you too.
3: i appreciate you yeah I hope you have a blessed week, rest of the
1: week. I know you too. And everybody just find your peace, you know, find that inner calm that Maya's telling you about and everybody stay safe. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye.
3: Be some blessings. The Black Girl
0: Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.